Welcome to A User's Guide to Life. I'm your host, Shane Moore. On the show, I'll be exploring a wide range of topics related to health, work, relationships, travel, and anything else under the sun. I believe we all have a lot more in common than we realize, but that our differences are what make us unique. This show is a platform where they can be shared openly. We can become more connected both to ourselves and each other when we truly embrace both similarities and differences. My guests will share their passions, talents, and amazing and sometimes difficult experiences, the lessons they've learned, and how their lives have changed as a result. My hope is that you might hear something that strikes a chord with you or causes you to see something in a totally different way. And on that note, let's start the conversation. So today, my guest is Joanne O'Halloran. Am I saying that correctly, Joanne? You are. Yes. Okay. Good. Because the H, thro- well, the H in your first name throws me throws me off. My mom's first name is Joanne as well, but she doesn't have an H. She's also Irish, by the way, too. So. Good. But yeah. Um, so Joanne O'Halloran from, uh, and the name of your awakening. Sorry, what's the what's the awaken potential coaching? Awaken potential coaching. <laughs> I should know that. Um, and so you are a business coach for moms. Is that mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah, that is. Yeah. Yeah. Great. And so how long have you been doing that? And what inspired you to get into that line of work? So funny story. So um, I've worked in HR for 17 years and coaching was always part of that. But I knew HR wasn't for me. There was just something in it that just wasn't right. It was the and I think it was probably the environments that I was in from a corporate point of view with them being, you know, quite staunch, real, like very action focused and nothing was really about who you were as a person or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And then obviously COVID hit last year and uh, hours and work got dropped. I think many people can relate to this story and I'm a single parent. So it was just one of those things where I was like, OK, I need to make money. I have to pay my mortgage. I have to pay my bills. So I started going, well, what can I actually do? And it was like a no brainer to move into coaching because I do it all the time as part of my job. I do it quite naturally. And being a mom, it made sense to do that because I could relate to the challenges that moms face and particularly being a single parent and having to try and do it all myself between crashes, getting homework done, doing the school runs, trying to work, trying to just live your life and then manage a household as well. I was like, you know, helping moms being able to do that makes sense to be able to do. So, yeah. And from a business point of view, I've worked in a good few businesses sat on senior management teams. So I know business inside out, but I also know the importance of looking after yourself while in business and getting the balance right. Because what I find is, and it's the way we've been conditioned to be, is that you do your work first or you build your business first and then your life comes after it, where actually it needs to be the other way around. And particularly if you're a parent, because our why as to why we do things, we don't like, yes, I love working, but that's not my why. My daughter is my why. The way we live our life is my why. The business helps me do my why, but also helps me reach a lot of people so that they can do their why. Yeah, that's great. Um, and and I totally agree. I mean, work work for the sake of working is is not really what life's about, right? It's it's. I mean, it's great if you enjoy what you do and you love what you do. And and for me, that's that's kind of the only way really to to work now I mean before you know growing up and and all the jobs I've had up to this point you know 
were not what I loved to do, I definitely got benefit from all of them. And I understand now the purpose of each of them, but you know, I didn't love being a correctional officer. I didn't love being a probation officer. I love what I do now, but, uh, but you're right. It's, it makes it so much easier, but it's also, it can't be my, my only focus either in my mm-hmm. life. Like it just can't no. because that's when we do start to burn out and, and just ignore and neglect everybody else in our lives and <laughs> relationships and, and our own mm-hmm. health and all that sort of thing. So, so this, yeah. is, this is a, a new venture for you then, uh, as far as coaching goes, I mean, your business itself is, is fairly yeah. new. So that's, exciting. it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. no it is it is and I think you know being able to reach mums that you know like what you were saying there about burnout being able to reach mums that are at that point of burnout or just before they get to that point is what I really strive for because it's awful Shane it's awful when you hit that that burnout like I still remember the first time I burnt out and it was I remember I literally walked in quit my job went I can't do this anymore I was crying all the time my mind was just mithered my child was like, who is this person? And I remember going in and just quitting going, I can't do this anymore. But I also remember coming home and sitting on my couch and doing nothing for six weeks. I was like a robot, just getting up, bringing Leah to school, coming home, sleeping for the rest of the day, getting up, going and picking her up from school, coming back, feeding her. She'd go to bed and the cycle would just continue. Like it's awful to be in that situation. And I think knowing that and knowing that that's not how life is meant to be, is really important for people to understand because we tend to just either fall into a career or be convinced that this is a career for us. And then we're constantly trying to fight our way to be successful, but it's somebody else's version of success. We're trying to fit, we're a circle and we're trying to fit into a square hole and it just doesn't work. Well, and mums try and do it all anyway, right? Like that seems to be hardwired and I'm not a mom, yeah. so I can't really speak from experience here, although I have parented kids. Um, but that's different, you know, like I, these, I don't have that innate responsibility for somebody else other than me. Right. And so I, but I've seen it, I've seen it in my partners, uh, my current partner, she is, you know, she runs her own businesses. She has a few different businesses that she runs and she has two boys and, you know, and, and they're 11 and nine. So, they're, they need some attention and that, you know, and she works from home and she homeschools and she, you know, like it's, it's a lot, it's a lot, but she manages to balance it and she knows she needs to do some self-care and, and I tell her that on a regular basis, but you know, it's, uh, she, she's recognizes it too. And, but she also mm. has had the experience of burning out and, and just having major health problems because mm-hmm. of trying to do everything. So you know, it's, it's this mindset that, that needs to shift for moms, I think, and, and women in general, but, but moms specifically is that you don't need to be able to do it all. Right. I mean, it's okay to ask for help. It's okay Mm -hmm. to delegate. It's okay. You know, it's okay to do all of that. And, and it's okay if some stuff doesn't get done too, right. In the time frame that's, that you had planned to do it or you know I mean that's that's one of the biggest things I think is that the you know moms just have a list of things that they need to get done every day and and mm-hmm. are very hard on themselves if it doesn't happen yeah and I think as a woman though like not even not even being a, like a mom but I think as a woman 
that's what we naturally do. I think we're natural caregivers. So if somebody needs attention or if something needs attention, we just naturally go do it. Like we, we want to make sure that people are okay and that they're looked after. And we put ourselves on the back burner and forget that actually we don't take care of ourselves first. We're useless. And we might hear people saying this all the time that, you know, you need to put yourself first. You need to take care of yourself first. And you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. But I need to get all this done first. Yeah. And it's not till you actually reach that point of, oh crap, I can't actually do this anymore. That you realize if I had actually looked after myself first, listened to what my body was telling me, listened to what my intuition and my mind was telling me, I wouldn't have been in that situation. That's a really tough pill to swallow, especially if anybody is like me and would be, you know, quite full of pride and not, I never liked to ask for help. I used to think that was such a weakness, but I was raised that way, that you don't ask for help. You, not that you keep feelings in, but you yeah. don't ever let the outside world know what's going on. It's, it's within your own circle. But it wasn't until I had that burnout that I realized just how dangerous that actually is. It's like very dangerous. It's not a healthy cycle to be in. And it's one I think we all need to bring awareness to, particularly with such big mental health issues going on at the moment take care of yourself first and the rest will fall into place. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. And that's, I mean, that is a, a focal point of my business is self-care and something that I teach my clients, you know, who come for intensives because they've just burned out and their body is shutting down yeah. on them and they've got illnesses and disease and pain and all this kind of stuff that they're living with. Um, yes, we can shift all that and we can release all that and we can improve all of it, but it just seems so crazy that most of us have to have that experience before we make the decision to start to take care of ourselves. And then there's even a lot of people that, that won't start to take care of themselves even after having had that experience. And that's, but that I feel like, you know, is just part of everybody's individual process. Right. And yes, there are mm -hmm. ways to really try to help people and educate people and that sort of thing. And you're right. It's, it's about changing that, that societal mindset. But as far as that goes, that whole process, that has to start with each individual, right? You mm -hmm. can't change society's mind until you change your own and you start to adopt, you know, different behaviors. Yeah. Um, nobody else is going to change. You can't, you know, you got to be the example essentially is, is what it yeah. For sure. And it's definitely all about like your like your habitual way of being. And we've all been raised particular ways. And it's funny because I would talk to my clients about this, too, is even if you've had the best upbringing in the world, the beliefs that you form and what you stop yourself from doing or the self-worth that you attach to it is incredible. So it actually doesn't matter if you've had the best upbringing or the worst upbringing. It still forms beliefs and you still create patterns out of it. And it's, there's very few people that have consistently healthy patterns, but it's because of what we've learned. Nobody went out of their way to do wrong bias or, you know, to show no. us the wrong way to do things. They didn't know any different. Sorry. That's okay. <laughs> My Keep mother going. rang me. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> I know my good old mother. Um, no, but we don't know any difference with the way that we're with, with, that we're raised, and it's not till we become aware of it that we make those changes. But you're right; like a lot of us, we only make decisions for one of two reasons to change our life: either because we've had an emotional, a serious emotional reaction to something, or we just decide. And unfortunately, the majority of us wait until we've had that <laughs> yes. huge emotional catastrophe 
before yeah. we do it. And it's funny, after I had like that huge burnout, you would have thought I learned my lesson at that point. Mm-hmm. I did not. I went back into a very similar role that actually had much more responsibility, took me four hours of a commute, actually made my life worse. Yeah. But I took it because the environment was better. But yeah. I ended up in the exact same situation again. So who was I kidding? I learned nothing from it. So I think if you do end up in a situation like that, it's so important to check in with yourself and go, what's going on here? So what was it that made you finally get it and, and shift to what you're doing now then? Did you, did Honestly, you have it, a second round of burnout or? Not burnout, no, but I actually had uh, two miscarriages, one after the other, and they were what made me stop and go, actually, hang on a second. This is not what life is meant to be about because obviously trying to get pregnant, I wanted to be able to create, you know, a nice family dynamic and be able to spend more time with obviously the children that I planned to have. But after having the second miscarriage and realizing that that probably wasn't going to happen, it was like my world imploded, like everything came crashing down. And it was that that made me go, actually, something has to change. I'm not creating the life that I want. I'm not living my like as my true self, but I didn't know who I was to be able to live as my true self. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's so true. I, and I don't think m- many people really know who their true selves are and moms, especially just because their focus becomes the kids, right? I mean, it's, and, and you hear it all very frequently that, you know, once kids are grown and gone to college or whatever, leaving the house, um, a lot of women have no idea who they are, what, what, they need to be doing at that Mm. point like their whole identity is wrapped up in their children Mm -hmm. and and I think you know from a non-mom perspective obviously that's completely wrong and (laughs) moms have gotten a really bad message right from the beginning that they need to Mm. give up everything for their children I think that's totally backwards and I think moms need to Mm -hmm. be the example and show their kids how to be strong and independent and you know, but learn to ask for help. And that's part of being strong, I feel, is that being able to ask for help and recognizing when you can't do everything and when you do need some intervention, whether it's, you know, house cleaning or (laughs) cooking or whatever, the stuff that you don't want to do, find somebody else that does want to do it, right? Or if you need to pay them. But you have to accept that though. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. But you have to be able to accept it. Yeah. Yeah, Because I know, I my I didn't realize how deep my stubbornness went and how ridiculously independent I was and I don't like using that word anymore because there's being able to get stuff done and take action and then there's actually dragging yourself into a hole but my neighbor next door would be they're a really lovely family and our gardens are kind of intertwined at the front and he would always cut my grass when he was cutting his grass I felt awful I actually felt awful going, is, does my garden not, not look good enough for you? Is it like, are you embarrassed? Do you feel you have to because I'm on my own and I'm a single parent? Like, why were you doing it? Instead of just being able to say, thank you. Actually, you're doing me a huge favor because I didn't have time to do it. I'm really grateful. I was mortified. But that was something I had to check in with in myself because we do this to ourselves. Mm-hmm. Nobody else does this to us. We do it to ourselves. And I always I have this thing with my clients where I make them like literally create a mind your own business box so mm-hmm. that if there's something that doesn't serve you so like that if somebody is doing something nice for you and you can't just say thank you stick it into the mind your own business box because actually that's where it belongs that's you should awesome. just be able to say thank you <laughs> if you have thoughts that come into your head that do not do you any favors 
put it into the mind your own business box and leave it there because it doesn't serve you and it is it an it's just like an emotional thing to do but it actually gets people into the habit of going this doesn't serve me let me move it over there this doesn't serve me let me move it over there so do you also and that's a great idea I love that I love that just to kind of unclutter your mind a little bit right just to get stuff out of there and and stop thinking about it but do you ever encourage people to then later at some point when they are have a little bit more space and time if that ever happens maybe it doesn't but but to go in and and start to question those thoughts and just really Mm kind of unpack them and pick them apart and just be like where's this coming from and and what can I think how can I think differently and and what can I change this to in order to shift something within myself yeah for sure you can't like people seem to think that either emotions are good or they're bad, but they're not. You have to walk through them. Like you, if you hold on to them, you're actually going to affect yourself internally. And you, you mightn't realize it, but your skin could start to suffer, your hair, your nails, your digestion, everything can start to suffer when you hold things in. And when you're aware of that, you can start to then release it. So yeah, you absolutely need to walk through it. But I think people are very um, turned off by the word journaling. But I think if you look at what that actually is, when you get up in the morning, assess how you're feeling. Like, do you feel good today? Do you maybe feel a little bit sluggish? Like I woke up yesterday morning feeling sluggish and I had to question myself, well, why is that? Did I eat a lot of sugar? Where am I in my cycle? What, what has caused that to, for me to be sluggish? Am I, is there something coming up that I want to avoid that's like making me feel tired? So it's that checking in with yourself and writing out, okay, what do I feel? Why do what what can I see that has made me feel like that? Is there a pattern that's there? Am I aware that there's something coming up to, to, to walk through it? But I'm a massive fan of helping people deal with their emotions through the likes of meditation, but the likes of tapping as well. I think tapping, so emotional freedom technique is incredible. Yeah. And I would have been the very person that would have said that is a load of nonsense. <laughs> and then I literally was telling the story earlier on, I hit 40. And it was like all my world came kind of crashing down a little bit. It was like like a midlife crisis going, where am I going in my life? I'm single. I'm a single parent. I didn't have the babies that I wanted. I don't have the career that I want. I We're in lockdown. I can't see anybody. It was like, it, oh, it was a compound effect. And a friend of mine said to me, you know, would you not try tapping? It was like, whoa this huge massive release going this is incredible it gets you to deal with your emotions really healthily so that you don't stay stuck in your story because we can yeah. stay stuck in the story and not deal with the emotion mm-hmm. yeah whereas I find tapping actually helps you continue to move past it because you're starting to reframe it so you're dealing with the emotion of it but then you're starting to reframe it and then start to look at it from a different perspective so that you can learn to respond to what's going on instead of react to everything that's happening and you can loosen your triggers a little bit so they're not as big the next time can you get rid of everything absolutely not can you learn to deal with it yeah yeah you can yeah, yeah. and I, I'm familiar with tapping actually I've I was uh, I experienced it when I was in Nicaragua at a yoga retreat center a, few, a couple of years ago a few years ago now um, and it was interesting but I didn't feel like it it helped me shift much. And I mean, I'm not saying anything against it because there's so many different ways into the body for people and, mm-hmm. and into the mindset and, and just to shift. Um, and I know lots of people that swear by it like yourself and just, you know, it's mm-hmm. done, it's done amazing things for them, but, but yeah, it's, it's, you know, keep looking for what works for you is my advice to people because yeah. not every modality 100%. is going to resonate for everybody. And, and, 
you know, and there's always be something that works and, and usually a few things. And, and my, my advice to people is don't just pick one thing, right? Like mm -hmm. try a few different things because the combination of those things is going to really get so much better results. Um, but yeah, yeah, and I think that's super important what you're saying there as well is because I think people have a tendency to try something once and go, that didn't work for me. Nothing else is going to work. But actually, we're all built differently. Our human yeah. design is so different. There's like, like even as a woman, like we've got our, our cycle, but then we also have, you know, the way our life has been built, what we're used to dealing with so that there's going to be different things that work for us, but also at different stages in our, you know, in our lives as we, as we learn to grow, like like that tapping works for me. I know lots of people also that it doesn't work for. It's like meditation. There's yeah. so many different types of meditation that work for people and doesn't work for others. It's like doing different uh, NLP techniques around, you know, re-imprinting mm. and reframing or even hypnosis works really, really well for some, but then others, mm. it just doesn't resonate with. Like there is no right or wrong way to do it. If something makes you feel good and it's not to do with caffeine, alcohol, <laughs> drugs, medication. Yeah. Great great absolutely yeah and keep doing it you know yeah. keep doing it till it stops working and mm -hmm. you know like absolutely that's uh, that's super important and and there's mm -hmm. so many different things that people can try right like it's yeah. there's just and but try it from a place of curiosity too because i find a lot mm -hmm. of people and i had a client once actually who who came in and just said well, I'm here, but I don't think this is going to work. <laughs> so I'm like, well, what are you here for then? <laughs> like, you know, if you already think it's not going to work, it's probably not going to work for you. So it's about, I mean, being skeptical is great, but be skeptical with an open mind, right? And just go in and see, mm -hmm. you know, okay, let's let's see what this might change for me and and forge ahead and try try different things because, you know, mm -hmm. I never I never would have imagined myself doing sound healing with voice you know um before and i did a i did a a week-long intensive actually it was in ireland the first time i went to ireland nice. a couple of years ago yeah it was amazing mm -hmm. and you know it was seven days and we're sat we're laying on a floor basically just making noise you know sounding with our voices and it's not even really humming it's just humming with your mouth open essentially yeah and just letting whatever sound needs to come out and it was unbelievable just what it shifted in my body and, yeah. and I mean I could feel it as as a therapist and, and somebody who really does now pay attention to my body because I've been through the not paying attention before too mm -hmm. and uh and so now I'm I'm much more tuned into it and not by any means perfect but you know, but much more tuned in and just the, the stuff that I felt and, and how quickly my body can release when I combine <laughs> doing MFR treatments with sounding and anything else, like it's just amazing. And so, yeah. I mean, tapping would fall into that as well. And, and because it's, it's a mindset thing, you know, mm -hmm. it's, it's resetting the way your, your thoughts are going and, and, but it's also, you know, when you're hitting those, you know, not hitting, when you're tapping on those uh, different points on the body, those energetic points on the body, it does, it, it does have a physical effect as well. So mm -hmm. that's, that's what's so interesting for me is just the, the, you can't, you can't change the mental without affecting the physical. Right. And, and like no. you said, it's, you know, the, um, we'll go back to the, the emotions, you know, causing all the, like, 
emo- repressed emotion causes illness and yep and i you know like you will not mm. hear a, a doctor tell you that <laughs> like no it's it would be i would be hard pressed to find a doctor that will actually sit there and tell you that your emotional state and everything the way you think and mm-hmm. the way you believe and the way you react to things is what's effective is what's causing your illness but I, I know that now a hundred percent. And after having yeah. gone through cancer myself, that's what I, I, that's how I understand it to have happened because, yeah, you know. But it's so true though, because it, like, if you are suffering with any level of like an illness or, and like even down to like anxiety, depression, um, but like physically, like your digestive system, your, like your breathing, your skin like your skin if you have a look at your skin and if you've got like rashes on your skin or um swelling or like really really dry crackly skin have a look at your emotional state and have a look at how your thought how you process your thoughts and down to like you know how do you think when something happens is it like a big massive catastrophe like when you talk do you talk with everything being a problem but you may not realize it but are you talking as if something is is always a problem do you always presume that the worst is going to happen and if you, if you do just cast your thoughts and find out why that is because if you're suffering from any of those conditions it's more than likely going to trigger it and yeah. even if there is something underlying that medically needs to be looked at for sure that needs to happen but you can still work through your mindset and managing your emotions and working through your emotions so that you can heal the rest of you because it really doesn't matter what you have you have to heal from the inside out you have to work from the inside out you have to live from the inside out not the other way around which is what many of us try to do and that's why it doesn't work and that's why we like conflict with ourselves and we feel unhappy and we feel frustrated and we feel stuck and we're annoyed and we get really angry when things don't go right and we're trying to push ourselves to our limits is because we're actually living backwards we're living from the outside in versus the inside out and that's I mean that again goes back to the programming that we received and that our parents received and their parents before them and before them and it goes back generations right like just that mindset of having to do everything and and then with the advent of you know western medicine and and putting your Mm. healthcare choices in the hands of somebody else and going to other people to tell you what's wrong with you when we know like we know what's wrong with us if we just let her you know reflect a little bit but we don't because we're always busy and go 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 right and and that keeps you from going thin and really reflecting on what's going on because nobody really wants to look at that and and admit that the choices Mm. that they're making and the behaviors that they're engaging in are creating the problem right and so it's you know it's it's just but it's hard though shane like (laughs) It is hard to be able to admit that you're actually the cause of a lot of your problems. Like that's not easy to be able to do. And you have to nearly prepare yourself for that as well to go, okay, you know, like I do it in stages. It's not like you have to go, oh my goodness, my life's a mess and it's all my fault. It's not about blame. It's just about understanding absolutely what, yeah, what you're creating. But I think it's okay to say that's hard to do because if you've been living a particular way for a certain length of time, it's going to, like your ego is going to be attacked you're going to go on the defensive and go, you don't know what you're talking about. You don't know what you're talking about. Sure. Didn't so-and-so do all of this to me. And, you know, didn't Mary down the road do this and sure wasn't I bullied in school. And, you know, should this always happens to me and we never had money. And there's going to be so many reasons that you can give yourself. And while they may be true, 
that's your story do you want to yeah. live the story that has happened or do you want to create a new one that actually works best for you and feels good but I want I want to challenge the idea that it needs to be hard because I'm like a big believer well obviously law of attraction is is there whether you mm-hmm. believe in it or not right and so if you say or think that something's going to be hard then it's going to be yeah. hard right and so you can create you can For allow sure. this healing process to be easy and quick like it doesn't need to take years to heal your physical ailments it can it's going to take some time absolutely nothing's like you know snap mm-hmm. fingers and everything's good but it's going to take some if time. only if only exactly right i mean i think maybe we might evolve to that at some point but but i don't know anybody yeah. that's there yet and can just instantly heal themselves from anything mm-hmm. uh, but yes there's going to be a bit of time involved but you know i i don't I don't like to say that this is going to be hard. I don't like to tell people this is going to take a long time to get better. Like, I just, I don't want to put that in their awareness. I'm just going to, you know, I'm just like, this will take as long as you need it to take. Right. And, and if you yeah. want to tell yourself that it's going to take be years, prepared. then it's going to take years. But if you want, you know, like we are in control of that and it's, I, what the difficult part is, is actually believing that in and of itself and trusting that because, and I have this, you know, and I try, well, I, I really don't like having this argument discussion with my parents because they don't really buy into what I'm saying. (laughs) Right. Um, but, uh, but it's true. Like, it, it just, it's so frustrating just to, you know, to listen to them talk about oh the you know but the doctor said this and the doctor said that and I'm like is it not possible for the doctor to be wrong like I mean just no I'm not no, saying no the shame. doctor is wrong but I'm just saying you know consider the possibility that that might be the case you know and don't mm. hang everything on something somebody else says and myself included like I tell like I question everything and I expect everybody else to question it too whether it's coming out of my mouth or somebody else's so you know if what I'm saying to you doesn't feel right for you then I obviously don't do what I'm telling you to do right like but it's you know like you have to really try things and and that's really what my journey has been since since cancer has just been well let's try this and see what it does right and mm-hmm. with different food you know with different ways of eating and that sort of thing you know it's like i was a hardcore meat eater for the longest time i tried when i was in nicaragua i tried vegan like raw strict vegan you know raw vegan and it was amazing. Like, you know, like I was never hungry. I was always, you know, I was eating constantly, which I was not used to because I had been doing intermittent fasting prior to going yeah. there. And, and so, but just what changed in my body was so amazing. And so do I want to eat that way forever? No. Is it practical for me in, in different times of my life in different places? No, it's not. But, you know, I mean, there's, you don't need to follow a certain way of doing anything for the rest of your life. It's just like, let's no. try something different, shake things up and see, you know, what shifts for you and, and nothing is set mm-hmm. in stone. You can always, you know, you can always do something different or add something or go back to something that was working. Mm-hmm. So, but people yeah. seem to have this concrete thing in their heads that, you know, it has to be this way or that way, or, you know, and it's like, open up to no. that, like throw that out the window, that line of thinking out the window and just, you know, just open yourself up to different possibilities, which yeah, but I think it comes for people. 
uh, totally scary yeah but I think it still all comes back to the same question what do you want Mm -hmm. like what do you want if you don't know what you want start there start right there that is the problem I think is of most people don't don't know what they want and I was there for a long time yeah for sure and so was I but again I think that comes back to the emotional blockers that you have and you have to be willing to work through them and to accept that crap has happened, but let's move past it. But you have to want to work through that to be able to get to the other side. Will is one thing, want is another. You need yeah. to have both to be able <laughs> yes. to get there. Do you know, you just, yeah. you can't do 100%. one without the other. Yeah, mm. yeah, absolutely. But when, when the will is there and you want to do it, it gets easier, right? For sure. Like it just yeah, gets 100%. easier to do it. And, and it will shift faster. Like things will mm-hmm. just start to change. I mean, I know I was, I, I was, you know, when I first was really kind of introduced to the law of attraction, you know, in, in a way that I was aware of it and conscious of it and was studying it um, because it's always working and it's always been working my whole life, yeah. whether I recognize it or not. And now I can look back at things that happened in my life and see where I was actually creating consciously creating things different things in my life and so I'm like okay well now that I know that I can do this and that it is something that I do have control over let's play with it and see what we can do and it's I mean even in the last couple of years has been amazing what's been like everything that I've been journaling about and writing down and saying that I've wanted is has shown up for me like almost Mm -hmm. everything now and so I'm just excited to see what's showing up next right like what I love this yeah it's great but I do think when you get to that point where you accept that that's how it is you can play with it and have a bit of fun and like even down to simple things like whenever I start with clients I always get them just to play with it because we both know that this works right there's no question about that but I get them to do something simple like look for like decide that you want to see a yellow ball Mm -hmm. with 30 pink spots on it in the next 48 hours just just make that decision see it in your mind and just go do it I've never had one person come back and not find it it's like even like the pink flamingo and they'll be like oh my god there was a balloon in the shop that I walked by and you're like see it works yeah but it's just to get them to play so that they can see what their what their minds are capable of to open them up to okay well now let's do the emotional work absolutely Mm. and and but you yeah you've got to you got to trust that it's going to work before you open mm-hmm. yourself up to that. And that's, I yeah. mean, that's just our programming, right? It's just, <laughs> yeah. that's the armor that we build and the, you yeah. know, and our fortress. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we all have it to some degree. Like, I don't think I've met anybody that doesn't have something going on in their body. That's, you know, like you can't, that's part of the human experience, I think. And, mm. but it's also part of the experience to, understand that it doesn't have to be that way right i mean there's 100%. always 100 like there's just always going to be stuff going on that that you don't like or doesn't feel good for you or that really makes you angry or whatever but it's about shifting your focus from it right i mean mm-hmm. if you're going to focus on it then you're going that's all you're going to see and that's all that's going to keep happening and you know you're going to get stuck in that cycle but mm-hmm. you can start shift your focus and and just shift your perceptive perception of of those events and and Mm. focus on something else entirely sometimes because it just you know it's like well if you're going to keep looking at this thing that makes you really angry then you're going to continue to be angry so 
I mean, like the news, for example. Like people, oh, don't get me started the on the news. Constantly. No, no, just, no. <laughs> like I never watch the news. Like I just no. avoid it like the plague because I'm just like, mm-hmm. how can you just saturate your mind with all of this stuff all day? And like my dad has this stuff on frequently and I'm just like, dude, just shut it off for a while. Like, you, you know, it's the same stuff every hour, half an hour that's coming on and you know, and you heard it once, you don't need to hear it 10 more times that day, or even four or even any more times. Like, But I think that that's a really important point, Shane, because the way the news works is constant repetition of something so that it ends up getting into your mind and then eventually into your subconscious mind. And that is literally what you need to do the other way around to make a to make more positive stuff in your mind and to change your perspective is repetition, 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 so that you see the stuff that you want to see, not the stuff that you don't want to see, like the news. And I'm with you. If somebody's watching the news, turn it off. I, I just think it's the worst thing for your mind yeah. ever is to watch the news. Yes, ever. I just think it's woeful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And whoever, you know, designed CNN where you get news hours a day, uh, I would love to work that because it would be very interesting to see what prompted them to think that that was necessary for us because I know. You know it's just it's very it's so not helpful it just is so not helpful for anybody you know no. and, and I think that's why a lot of people have the stress that they have in in a lot of ways in their lives and in, in this and in society today is the people that have access to all that information mm-hmm. frequently and pay attention to it just become overwhelmed by all the negativity that's in the world. Well, I mean, yeah, if you're looking at it all the time, then that's all you're going to see. But there's a lot of good stuff happening too that isn't right in your face all the time. And yeah. so if you can start to look for those good things, then you're going to see a lot more of them, you know? And, and yeah. I like that, you know, like your idea, because I'm a big, I love uh, Abraham Hicks and Esther yes. Hicks. Like she's amazing, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, it's, it's about the, you know, you'll see what you, what you program your mind to see. And so, you know, blue glass and butterflies, you know, is is the thing. And so anywhere you go, you might see, you know, and for me one day I was in, I was in London, I was living in London last um, spring. And for me, it was an octopus. And I'm like, okay. And it just popped into my head one morning. It's like, okay, the octopus is going to be the thing for the day. And I'm like, I'm in London. Where the hell you see an octopus, right? Like I'm in central London. It's like two times that day. I saw like one was like a stuffed octopus hanging off somebody's backpack. And the other was on a street sign, you know, a storefront sign as I'm walking down the sidewalk. And I'm just, you know, you just have to laugh and, and, Mm appreciate it because it doesn't matter how it's going to show up it's it's just going to show up so yeah definitely and I think that that's the important part as well it's not about the how it's once you open yourself up to it it's just yeah. going to happen it, it just is. does you don't yeah don't question that. it nah you don't that if you is. look for the how you won't find it oh yeah you'll stop it right away yeah. you'll stop it if you look for the how mm-hmm. yeah. for sure <laughs> well it's been really amazing talking with you today um, yeah it's been really good I, fun I've enjoyed I always, this yeah I always love finding people that are into law of attraction and understand it and, and manifesting and, and how to heal the body and all that sort of thing so it's it's great that I can just kind of geek out with people and just go on these, I know. these great conversations <laughs> I um, love talking about this too I could talk about it all day long yeah well we may have to have you back then and we'll have another conversation about it 
Awesome. All right. Well, thank you very much. Thanks, Shane. Talk to you soon. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to be part of the conversation, please leave your comments below the link. Constructive feedback is always welcome. Of course, you don't need to agree with everything presented, and I'm definitely open to hearing different perspectives on any given subject, as long as it's not intentionally abusive, derogatory, or hateful in nature. If you like what you hear and know of someone else who might benefit from hearing the conversation, please feel free to share the link with them, post it on your own social media, or just let us know you've enjoyed the conversation. If you'd like to know more about the body and how it is affected by everything that happens in your life, you can read my book, A User's Guide to the Human Body. If you want to create a deeper connection with yourself, heal some pain, or improve your body's ability to function well, check out my online self-care program, Feel Better Now, or book a call with me to find out if working one-on-one is right for you. Thanks again for listening, and join me again next week.